0: Hello and welcome to Adam Analyzes. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. For this week's episode, I think we're going to go to a film that I've never heard of before and it just so happened to show up on my late night, what do I watch? I was browsing Netflix and this showed up in horror films. So I decided to check it out because after all, in all honesty, All I had to lose was my time. This is the 2019 David Marmore directed One BR. One BR tells the story of Sarah who is trying to start fresh in LA. She doesn't have much money. She is working as an office assistant as a temp and also is currently just staying in a hotel room. So of course she's looking for a new apartment. She sees the vacancy on the one building and decides to check it out. What seems like the perfect apartment is really something else entirely. So first things first on this episode, this is going to contain spoilers. So if you are interested in checking this one out, which I recommend you do, it's actually a pretty good film in itself. It's an easy 90-minute entertainment, and if you want... easy answer do I recommend this one yeah definitely check it out it's on Netflix and again all you have to lose is your time I would hate to ruin this one for you so please check it out first and then come back and see what I had to say about it and with that spoiler warning out of the way I think we should definitely now get into it one of the first things you'll notice right off the bat is that this is a low-budget film it's professionally done and it's actually very well made It feels more like an indie film, so props to Netflix for picking this one up. I don't think it's available anywhere else and do believe it's a Netflix exclusive. So it's good that they picked this one up. Hopefully the filmmakers and actors and actresses involved actually got a halfway decent payday out of it. I actually really like the small feeling to the movie. Whenever I watch a movie like this, it gives me a very... I don't know, intimate type of feel as far as relating to the characters and such. The character of Sarah is definitely relatable to most people. She wants to carve her own way into the world. Granted, she comes from a family of money, which not a lot of us do. However, we all have that drive that we want to do what we want and not necessarily what our parents want. And she also has some issues as far as things her father did while her mom was sick and dying from cancer. It turns out her father went and started sleeping with the nurse and then married her. So these things actually do happen a lot of times. I've, I, I have heard of this before and I actually really like the story set up here. Because we don't necessarily know why Sarah wants to get out and carve her own way. Why she's so fiercely independent. And as the movie goes on, you get a little bit more backstory to it. I like that instead of just kind of setting everything up at the beginning of the film. And this one feels very deliberate with the way it sets things up. And it definitely plays to the film's strength. Director David Marmer actually went and... Knew when to ramp up the intensity of some scenes and when to dial back. And it's good to see that he was actually showing restraint and knowing when to ramp things up and dial back. And it really shows a lot of care and it's actually very surprising considering he doesn't have very many directorial credits to his name. This is probably his biggest movie that he's ever worked on and it's very well done. So getting back to the story itself, from the first night, Sarah is bothered by a lot of sounds that she hears. She's hearing lots of pipe noises and all kinds of strange sounds. Not only that, it seems like there's somebody in her apartment, and that's scary enough if you think about it. This movie isn't exactly horror. I would say it's more suspense with horror tones to it. It's scary to think about that you move into a brand new apartment and you realize you may not be alone. And that's where the whole cult aspect starts to show its hands. Not everybody here at the apartment is who they seem. Everybody seems gracious and nice. But in reality, they're all together in cahoots. It's probably at about the half hour mark where the movie really shows what it's doing. And this is also where it has a part of the movie where I don't care for her, and that's where they put her cat in the oven and cook it, and that's how she's awakened. She smells the, the horrible smell of the cooking cat, and, well, that's where she also gets taken hostage by everybody. She is subjected to physical torture, and the physical torture is to break her down to be more susceptible to going with the program. Anybody that does not go with the program gets something taken away from them, be it an eye or, as we find out later, maybe you're hearing out of one ear. This tight-knit community disguised as an apartment complex seems like they're trying to make a statement on Scientology. Because while they want to have Sarah with the Stockholm Syndrome type of idea where she would go with the program and maybe sympathize with everybody there, the thing that really made me think of Scientology is because with Sarah and her conditioning, they wanted to know her sexual preference and then also wanted to know about her first sexual encounter as maybe a blackmail and embarrassment to her. If she ever tried to leave or escaped or anything like that. This cult also makes you sever all ties to the outside world. They take your phone, your laptop, your TV, everything. They take all that away from you. And not only that, they go and destroy your life. They make you cut off all ties to the outside world and that's with our personal relationships our parents our friends they help you out and have you quit your job they do that for you yeah it's pretty awesome of them right the conditioning in the film also includes a little bit of a personalization if somebody is going to be a part of this generally they resist so they try to get somebody to come in maybe somebody that they related to at the beginning of the move-in which is the case for Sarah here. They have the elderly Miss Stanhope. They have her go and talk to her to maybe help her get introduced to the program here. The thing is, is that the people really have no choice. If they did have a choice I doubt anybody would want to be a part of this. But through the conditioning, they do the brainwashing to the person, and Sarah winds up becoming more or less one of them, but we always get the sense that she's not really a part of it, but she successfully lied and made them think that she was a part of it. They actually use Sarah to help condition her co-worker at the beginning of the film, and that's where Sarah makes her grand escape and the ending itself I'm not going to reveal it here but it ends on almost like a Twilight Zone-esque type of feeling. I know one reviewer went and said that it was very M. Night Shyamalan-esque which is kind of sad because I think Rod Serling was the better I guess twist writer than M. Night Shyamalan and specifically M. Night Shyamalan is very much inspired by the twilight zone if i had to actually go and describe how this movie plays out and feels it feels like a much nastier version of a twilight zone episode the twilight zone would never go so far to show a burning cat but they would however probably show something that happens in the movie probably towards midway where miss stanhope is sick and dying so they decide to help her out and give her an assisted suicide. It's terrible as she goes along with this. It, in some ways it reminded me of like a Soiling Green type of thing where they take the old and kill them off or maybe the way the elderly are treated in the movie Midsomar. It was almost that type of feeling. If we really wanted to take a deeper dive at this, we would think of some of the more recent things uh with the cult the girl that was on smallville i forget what her name was but uh, she's in uh, deep trouble for conditioning young girls to be a part of a sex cult and that is somewhat more recent news and that really correlates to some of the stuff that happens here because those girls sadly were branded And that is one of the things that happens in this movie, too. I can't imagine being a part of something like this and then you get branded. So no matter what, even if you do manage to escape somehow, you're going to have that mark on you forever. So in that sense, you always would have that reminder knowing that you've never actually escaped. And of course, this is all not by choice. So the movie definitely has something to say about the cults and then specifically Scientology itself. And well, Scientology, I, for anybody out there, if they do hear this and they're a part of that and they enjoy it, great, hopefully I didn't offend you. Uh, what I do know is it gets a little annoying when you guys always want to offer me a stress test and I do not want it. Of course, the Scientologists are headquartered out in Clearwater Florida and I have seen the building. The building is very nice and everybody there have always been nice and they're trying to bring people in and the movie does a similar thing when they're actually sending people to the outside world to maybe bring in some projected applicants. So while I don't want to reveal the ending here I do want to say that I think it's pretty awesome that the movie ends on a downer note no she doesn't die for you to actually see what the ending turns out to be i would recommend you check it out hopefully you watched it already and are just listening to my ramblings on what i thought about the movie but yeah i thought it was a pretty entertaining film and one that caught me by surprise It's one that I had no expectations going into, and I just wanted something to watch. If I did have any criticisms with the film itself, it's that it is a little bit on the predictable side. I have seen movies like this before, and it's very predictable. A prime example of the predictability of the film is when I saw the cat. I'm like, oh crap, the cat's gonna die. As soon as I saw it, I knew it was going to get killed, and... The movie doesn't hold its cards very well when it comes to that, but again, it's well-made, so I definitely recommend checking it out. I know some people out there have compared it to the movie The Invitation, and that is a suitable comparison. However, I do think both movies stand on their own, and I don't think that the ending actually ripped anything off like everybody is saying. Yes, the ending is practically the same. However, I think it works well for both films, given the content of the films themselves. So, I can't really say that it's a direct rip-off. Because I like the darker ending, even though I did see it before previously. Did it actually hinder my enjoyment of the film? No, I just enjoy those darker endings to movies. Let's put it this way. It's nowhere near as bleak as something like The Mist. That's probably the one that hits you in the gut hardest. Overall, not a bad way to spend 90 minutes, but I'm going to close out tonight's episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. Also, if you don't do the whole social media thing, I don't blame you. You can reach me at adam at gmail.com. And if you need to catch up on past episodes, head to adamanalyzes.com. If you do have a free moment, I would greatly appreciate it if you would go and leave a five-star rating at the podcast listening platform of your choice. It'll allow me to create new episodes and reach new listeners. But with that being said, be kind and good night.